Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. And Mahomes is on fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. What do you know about this? Right? From 4 a.m. to 6 p.m. Who'd have thought about it? Not me. This Maybe not great. you. This is great. Happy bye week, Dusty. What, what's going on with you? Not much, man. Just delighted to be here. Good to be with you after hours. Yeah. Uh, good to be with you uh, during Arrowhead Pride Radio. That's right. We uh, couldn't be wearing no more opposite shirts today. I have a powder blue shirt on that says, it's cool to care. And you're in your plaid uh, bye week Raider gray. Uh, is it cool to care? It is. All right. If you don't care, you're not cool. Yeah. Right? Each their own, I guess. Did you like the, the, the new opening, the, the shredding of the guitar in this? <laughs> we used to have bells. and uh, Yeah, because you used to always say, There's, you hear the drums. The drum, that's right. When the original AP radio, I believe it was. OG. I think it was me and Sean Barber originally. Mm-hmm. And I think I would say something like, you know what the, the drums mean. Mm-hmm. It's time for the best hour of radio in Kansas City. And then I would say Arrowhead Pride Radio, which is still the case. And now you're stuck very with clearly. Me. No, it's it's still very much the best 60 minutes that everyone waits for around their radios, mm-hmm. like it's old times where there was no television. Even on a bye week. I mean, this is, right. this is Chiefs Kingdom. Pete Sweeney, uh, Chief Editor at Arrowhead Pride, Dusty Likens, uh, low man on the totem pole at 610 Sports Radio. Um, you think? But I, well, I mean, who's a, who am I above? What? When it comes to on-air hosts. Plenty of Plenty of posts. Okay, okay. easy. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's not pick favorites. Uh, Grant Nicholson also with us here tonight. Good to see you tonight, Grant. Um, just kidding. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, good times. Fun show today. It's it's crazy how Chiefs content, I was thinking about this today, Pete. Yeah. It's crazy to me how Chiefs content can just always happen and they don't even have to play. No. Right? Like, early in the season, the Tyreek Hill trade goes and it's like, they didn't even say anything. It's just Tyreek Hill got traded and it just is a snowball effect. Obviously, we start here tonight on Airhead Pride Radio Show on 610 Sports Radio. Feel free to text at 913-586-7610 and then uh, drop us a question on the uh, Twitter feed at Arrowhead Pride on Twitter, and we will get to those at the end of the show. So today, the breaking news today, uh, Robert Quinn of the Chicago Bears is traded to the Philadelphia Eagles for not one, not two, not three, a fourth-round pick, and... Everyone kind of does the cartoonish jaw drop, at least in my head, when I see the tweet come out from, you know, Schefter and Rappaport, Palisaro, all these guys. And I think it's just kind of interesting because, well, and obviously this is, this is your, uh, your platform to let all these people know you're the one that follows this team uh, 24-7, 36, 48, 72, whatever it is, mm. um, constantly. And it makes me it makes me kind of interested because I have my opinion. Obviously, I'll let you get yours first. But Pelissaro says the Bears are paying $7.1 million of Robert Quinn's remaining base salary this season as part of the trade to the Eagles. So Philadelphia gets Quinn for the minimum for the rest of 2022 and inherits non-guaranteed base salaries of $14 million in 2023 and $13 million in 2024. Pete Sweeney, do your thing. Yeah, this was interesting because we thought that Quinn could be a possibility for the Chiefs, but the caveat was the amount of money. So before that, we found out that the Bears were going to pay this. It would have been a $17 million tag attached to him you know, for the year, and the Chiefs would have to figure out how they would manage that under their salary cap. And immediately, as I was 
talking about this with Carrington as we got that news live. I'm like, well, the reason is because of the money. Chiefs simply don't have enough room right now. And and when you hear the the follow up news, it changes the game a little bit because you feel like a fourth rounder is is reasonable, right? So then it becomes a deal of, well, were the Bears willing? I'd, I'd imagine they would have rather traded him to the AFC instead of the NFC. So then you can sort of back channel and, and figure out, well, maybe the Chiefs weren't all that interested in Robert Quinn. Maybe they have other ideas. Maybe there's a more minor move, a lesser name that they're, they're interested in that might be a better fit for Steve Spagnuolo. Maybe they're just happy with the defensive line room as it is. I I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that, but that certainly is a, a possibility as well. And so the Chiefs will be, at least for the time being, rolling with what they have. And to be honest, like, George Kalaftis has been pretty good. I know they won't have Frank Clark for two games, but he's coming off the best game of of his year and the best game we've seen in a while. When's the last time we said that Frank Clark was a closer mm. with the safety in the in the end zone? Mike Dana, I, I I imagine after having what will be three weeks off, will be back in the mix. And you have Carlos Dunlap, and so you know the Chiefs are, are rolling with the the you know aside from Dunlap, the youth movement I think a little bit with, with Dana and Karloftis, and I'm okay with it. Um, I know the the big thought before we got on was that now the Chiefs are not going to make a significant movement. And I I think that that's fair to say, at least when it comes to trades, I I still do think they'll be involved in the OBJ sweepstakes to an extent. In the free agency field. So Pete Sweeney, Chief Editor of Arrowhead Pride. This is the Arrowhead Pride radio show on 610 Sports Radio. So you bring up Frank Clark's suspension, and this is kind of a a double-sided question because Frank Clark's suspension, he does miss the Titans game, and he misses, I believe, what is after the Titans game? Is it Jacksonville, yes, right? So he correct. misses the Titans in Jacksonville. So two NFC or AFC South battles. I think I have to ask is, are the Chiefs fine with what they have moving forward? Or is it at least what they believe that what they have is 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 good enough? I mean, they have the number one offense, DVOA. I think they're in the top like six when it comes to when it offense, defense combined. Um, and then the Frank Clark suspension. So let's start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly the, the, it gets settled in early September. And then there's some people that'll say, well, then it takes a certain amount of days for the NFL to process it. What in your mind makes you think that this happens now? Like why, if it, if it does take 20 to 30 days and this yeah. happened on September 2nd or September 3rd, yeah. why did it take till October 25th to be like, this is your suspension? Well, it's incredibly frustrating. I think if you're fans, but the NFL has an internal process that we really we really don't know a ton about yeah, how they figure damn out. Damn right we don't. The the basic things that I think we do know are that they let legal processes play out before they start their process. But then there's a timetable of, okay, the legal process is over. Now we're starting our process, our investigation, figuring out what penalty. Nobody knows the rhyme or reason behind any penalty and what equates to what. And that is just a grand mystery. And so I, I think the timing is a little like unique in a sense, and it's unique every time. Like we never know where they're at in their process, and the only time that anyone asks about it is at these random times during the year when the commissioner happens to speak. And even then, a lot of times Commissioner Goodell, you know, going back to the Deshaun Watson situation, which was very different, obviously, but they wouldn't tell you anything anyway. You still had no idea when you were going to get a verdict on what the NFL was deciding to do with that so there's a lot of mystery what i will say is it's it's frustrating for fans i think it's frustrating for media members as you're wondering well when and how many games is frank clark gonna get but what i will tell you is that the team is in contact with the league and so 
many times when you have situations like this, the Chiefs were aware that a suspension was going to happen, and the and in, behind closed doors, the league will be like, it's going to come around this time, and you know, you, you it may be this amount of games, and so. Again, although frustrating for us because it, it blindsides us, like in the Willie Gay situation, I'd imagine the Chiefs had a little bit of a head, heads up. And I, I'll go as far to say this, and I, I told C. Dot this yesterday, I think that could have been, and this is just my speculation here, but I think that could have been why the Chiefs were ultra-cautious with Mike Dana. Remember, Mike Dana injured his calf week two. He missed a series of games, was able to return in the game against the Buffalo Bills, didn't practice Wednesday ahead of the 49ers, limited on Thursday and Friday, rather than pushing him to go for another game, I'm guessing that mm. they probably knew that Clark would be suspended and said, well, now Dana, who's an underrated player in my opinion, mm-hmm. is more important than ever. And so let's not play him against San Francisco. We have the bye week, and then you have an additional week where you're preparing to play your, the Tennessee Titans. So you get him off his feet for another 21 days. He should be, you would guess, 100%. Uh, calf wise by the time they get to the Titans and that's they'll, they'll replace Clark internally it's not Clark played a good game last game but it's not like he's been the 2019 version consistently throughout this this season so you'd think if you're in the mind of Brett Veach if you can possibly put yourself there do you think that he believes with what they have this is it like this is their true identity this is they don't necessarily need because it's it's weird every year they make a trade, right? Like right. every year they make some sort of deal where it's either Terrell Suggs, Le'Veon Bell, somebody like Melvin Ingram, not Melvin Ingram, yeah, Melvin Ingram, and every year it, it happens. So do you think it's one of those they find a veteran guy, like you said, or do you think that this could just be the team that they, they run with all the way? I don't, I don't think this is over. Like just because – the chiefs didn't trade for Robert Quinn doesn't necessarily mean they won't be calling and looking. Mm -hmm. We don't see the calls and we don't see the evaluations and the conversations that go inside. Like sometimes a trade doesn't happen and they are working on it and it just went to another team or something like that and and better fit for another team. And so I I can, I think they'll continue to be active. What I I think this told me more today is it's not going to be this splash move that maybe these big names that we're looking for, maybe it's a more minor deal. And like I said, if it's not a trade, I, I do think there'll be interest just like there was last year with OBJ, if it makes sense. I mean, I don't know if it will be. A lot goes into what OBJ will want in that situation. And so we'll see. But I, I'm not sensing that there's going to be a grand splash. Like maybe it's more of a, a late move where you have the space now, like we saw with Suggs coming on the championship team mm-hmm. late in that year. Like if a, if a veteran in an, on another team that's going nowhere gets released later in the year or waived because of, of how it works and he is, finds his way to free agency, like maybe there's a move to be made there. But it's, I just sense it's going to be more minor than maybe we were expecting. Something that's not minor is our uh, attention we get from Ron Kopp Jr., uh, <laughs> the lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride Radio, every week at 6.15. That voice you just heard is Pete Sweeney. Grant Nicholson is making sure we get in and out on time tonight. I am Dusty Likens, 610 Sports Radio, Arrowhead Pride Radio. Should we come back? Arrowhead Pride's lead analyst, Ron Kopp Jr., joins the show like he does every single week. Listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio, Dusty Likens, Pete Sweeney with you. Uh, Ron Cobb in just a minute. I'm sorry, Ron Cobb Jr. RKJ. I think that's where you should go by, is RKJ. RKJ. Yeah. And just out of nowhere drops an article. 
For those of you that get that, I appreciate you very much. He's, he's a face, unlike MJF. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. MJF should be a face. I was more thinking of like the RKO, Randy Orton, who also was a face. But anyways, um, is your phone line working over there? I don't know. Is it, I guess this works. We'll try this. These are new. Do you know how to work the phone? I don't know. It's a new phone. Should I try? You should. Click the highlighted one. Does it work? Ronnie, Ron, are you on the air? <laughs> I, I am. I now am. we I did was, it. That was an entertaining way to bring me in. So Ron, I swear, to, Ron, I swear to God, my phone <laughs> thing just went completely blank. And then as soon as Pete used his Jesus finger, everything came back to life. <laughs> well, hey, I got the RKO joke, so that, that's all that matters. So, that's right. So, so, that, that was a good one. That was a good one. Good one, Dusty. Shout that, out to you. Let there be light. All you know right. I mean? Hey, right. come on, man. Don't don't take the snake away from the garden. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ron, I, I'll start this off, and then I'm going to hand things over to your boss, Pete Sweeney. Once again, thanks for joining us here on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Sure, we are joined uh, by the lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride, Ron Cobb Jr., um, or now known as RKJ. Ron, was that the best the Chiefs have looked all year last week in San Francisco? I think so. I'm going to go ahead and, and declare it. Um, I, it was the most fun I had watching a game, I will say that. Um, and it really is honestly – because this team, it's, you know, it's an offensive identity team. We all know that's an explosive offense. That's what they're always going to be known for. And that was the best the pass offense has looked in terms of just everybody playing exactly the roles that, you know, I, I think we all imagined they'd play when they, when they first came on this offseason in terms of Juju Smith-Schuster being a guy that's hard to tackle, at, you know, after he catches the ball. And also just being a big-bodied guy, we're starting to see that with the back shoulder throws, which is something the Chiefs offense has never utilized, and, and Smith-Schuster can do it. But then you look at MBS on the, on the deep attempts as well. It's something we all knew he could do. And then how about McCole Hardman, too, on the jet sweeps? It's just this, this, this team is known for offense, and, and that was the best the pass offense specifically looked. I think the run offense did enough, too. And obviously the offensive line you know, played its best game of the year, it seemed like. So I, I was definitely the, the most impressed with that team that I've been in. It's always nice when that happens going into the bye week. I think that really makes you know the team feel good, but also the fans. We're all feeling good right now, so it's a good feeling. Arrowhead Pride Radio, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, talking to our lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride, Ron Kopp. Ron, I agree with you. I, I think the offense looked tremendous. I think the qu- key question here, as you review your film and, and do, do your stuff at a- AP for us, is is this repeatable, right? Because we've seen the offense look good before. Can they be a little bit more consistent and not have – a lull game like against the Colts or a lull game like against the Buffalo Bills. Is it repeatable? Uh, it, it absolutely is in terms of we know it can happen again, but you're right. Is it, is it something that can happen every week? And, and you know, I, I think it was always, you know, maybe a little overblown with, oh, Andy Reid saves all of this stuff for the playoffs, you know, and, and I think that's that's not true. I think he, he knows when to bring it out, but – I, it's hard to deny that that the, the the game plans are a lot you know less uh, you know attack on the attack I guess or just a lot less you know um, uh, individual to that team I guess to the defense right you saw in this Niners game they really picked out Nick Bosa to to pick on in terms of with these jet sweeps right. you know kind of putting him in positions to beat himself right they weren't even blocking him at times and kind of just you know putting him in no man's land and he talked about that after the game. You know that that that's a concerted game plan. He, they 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 made that game plan specifically for him to attack him. I don't think you see that every week, and it's hard to at this point. So no, I'm not confident that we're going to see this this kind of attack every single week. But it, it's hard not to be confident that you're going to see it. You know when it matters most. You know I know the Bills game. You know it was a little bit of a lull, and I, and I and I do think the offense could have played better. But 
I don't know. We've seen it against, you know, some pretty dang good off or defenses this year. The Niners, I thought, made, might have been the best of all of them, and, and, and they didn't look like anything. So I, I, I definitely think it's repeatable, but if it's consistent, I can't answer that because I, I think they've kind of proven right now that, it, that it's really not going to be. But I'm confident it'll, it'll be there when it matters most. Speaking with Ron Cobb Jr. of Arrowhead Pride, lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride. Ron, uh, so Sunday, I don't really know what the hell happened. Okay, they they come out with this story <laughs> that Pacheco is going to be the the he's running with the ones RB one RB one, and then we get out there and we we see every every single one of them tweet out what the carries were, and then it I, I believe I, I could be wrong. You're the one that's uh, well more in, uh, involved with this, but didn't Jarek McKinnon lead the percentage of snaps at running back? Yes, you okay. are correct on that. Yeah, well, no, you're right. It is kind of weird, right? And, and I was I was one that was up Sunday morning early grabbing Pacheco for my fantasy teams, kind of buying into the the change that that you know uh, that that was reported. But you know, I, it makes me wonder. You know, reporters kind of just maybe you know jumping the gun a little bit. Maybe they got a little bit of a tidbit of oh, Pacheco got a little more run with the ones this week. But don't all the running backs get run with the ones at practice? I mean, I can't imagine. You know, it's only Clyde getting the starting reps, you know, at points. And and I, I do think with this game, I, I think the game script got so, you know, negative quickly, right? They were down 10-0 very quick. The offense was all of a sudden in a hole in their second possession. I do think that did contribute to Pacheco maybe not getting as much run right away as maybe he sh- he could have if maybe they start with a touchdown drive and they kind of have a lead at the beginning. But either way, I, I do think there is something to – the coaching staff just trying to find some way to take advantage of this run blocking line, which, you know, it, it looked it has looked up and down this year, but ESPN has them as the number one rated one run blocking unit in the NFL this year. And you are starting to notice that, you know, it, it does seem like a lot of times it really is just, you know, holes and lanes aren't getting taken advantage of. And when they do, it's big touchdown runs. Like we saw the 16 yard one with Clyde this week. So I think it is the coaching staff just trying to shuffle things around, find a way to take advantage of, of this run blocking unit that that is playing well, that is the strength of their their the line right now or the team in terms of uh, on the offensive line is, is their run blocking. Ron, I want to switch to the other side of the football on on defense. And over the past twenty four to thirty six hours, it's almost been a, a perfect storm of news where you lose Frank Clark for the next two games, and then the Chiefs don't go ahead and make the move for Quinn. He goes to the the Eagles instead. So. Generally speaking, from what you've seen from this defensive line so far this year, is it enough? Is this enough to win a Super Bowl with? Well, I, I think any team with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, in my opinion, is enough to win a Super Bowl, you know, on, on circumstance. But in terms of the pass rush, just the defensive line in general, I, I don't think it, it, it is, you know, at its, at its maximum, right? I, I don't think it, it is, you know, playing as well as, as they need to be against great teams. You know, I think Spagnuolo is really masking a lot of, of the deficiencies on the defensive line by being very creative with his blitz packages. He's gotten even more creative with his just the third down package that he goes to. You know, a lot of times in the past, it's just a traditional four-man front. Well, lately, he's been going to this this unique three-man front where Carlos is at the nose tackle, and Chris Jones is isolated on that offensive tackle and really just gives him room to work uh, on an island against him and, and win. He's gotten four sacks the last three weeks doing that, but at the same time, Jones is really the only game record, you know, on the team. Frank Clark looked great last game, but then he suspended for two games. I, 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 you know, it sucks that I feel like that might take him out of a rhythm a little bit or just, you know, take him out of a, a groove to an extent. But I do think that uh, Spags is utilizing him and maximizing his talent this year. I, I really do. I think he's putting Frank in good positions. But all that to say is it's really Spags 
pushing the dials and, and turning the knobs to get this defense the seventh in the league in sacks. And, and, and it is over, you know, it is maximizing the talent, but that runs out at some point, you know, at some point it becomes talent, you know, against talent in the playoffs. And I think this Chiefs defense line is definitely going to be one that's not as threatening as other ones in the playoffs uh, against other opposing offensive lines. And it, it may show up at some point. So I, it is a, still a concern for me. Ron, what do you got coming up this week on the bye week at Arrowhead Pride? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'm, t- I'm taking some time off. I, nice. I got I to get some right. No, uh, I, I will plug, though. I just talked about the pass rush. Um, I, I, I was definitely excited to dive into that, and there, there's a pretty good breakdown on that. But also go and, and go and check out uh, the, my post-game piece. I, I do think it was an important note that that interception that Mahomes threw at the very beginning, you know, missing Sky Moore, I do think there's some learning lessons in that for both Mahomes and, and the rookie receiver as he goes into the bye week. So some good stuff there. I, I would definitely check all that out. Ron, we appreciate the time every, every week that you do this at 6.15, and uh, we'll talk to you next week maybe or maybe not. I'm sure we will, obviously, on Wednesday night. But uh, you have a good time, and thanks for joining us tonight. I'll, I'll be available. Appreciate you guys. You got it. Ron Kopp, Jr. of Arrowhead Pride. Yeah, so we're giving some of the guys mm-hmm. a little bit of time here, but throughout the week, the rest of the week, we started today, we are releasing our bi-week awards at Arrowhead Pride. It's the third annual bi-week awards. We did three today. There will be two more announced on Thursday and Friday. It's it's something that we, we do at every buy and, and give out some of the, the guys that stand out uh, some 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 honor right there, like some some midway midway through the year respect uh, as far as being the offensive player, the defensive player, the rookies, and, and so on and so forth. So check that out at ourheadpride.com. How much do you love bye weeks? Big fan. I was going to say. Big fan. What do you do during a bye week? Well, typically I'll I'll go home. You know, my parents are and and my family's on the East Coast, but I I just was able to sneak home during the Monday night football game for a, a, a so you family, get to stay home a family wedding. So I'm staying home in Kansas City, yeah, uh, and just going to be doing some some R and R. I'll be texting you to see what hot parlay that you're putting in, mm. and you know, take that in. Should you come hang out Saturday night. All right, I'm serious. As long as you you're going to wear a nice costume, I, I'll, I'm yeah. not wearing a costume. Well, we'll I'll get some that. cat ears and paint my nose. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Get some cat ears, paint your nose, and I'll see you on Saturday night. Okay. Well, I mean, I hope you're. I hope you're not lying. I still owe you dinner, um, and I'm gonna <laughs> right. owe you a hundred dollars too with that Sky Moore bet. That thing is so <laughs> dead by week seven. Uh, okay. So I will say this: we come back. I want to talk about what I truly think is the most intriguing story moving forward in the AFC. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, six ten Sports Radio. Back in on Arrowhead Pride, 610 Sports Radio, Arrowhead Pride Radio Show tonight, 6 to 7. And then, uh, unfortunately, you'll get you'll get my nervous ass the rest of the evening. Nervous? Yeah. You shaking over there? No, I just love parlays, and I just can't stop doing them. Mm. Mm. Only takes hitting one, and they get all that money back. Mm. 20 bucks to win 320, tell you what. What? That's a good... You guys are on the train, but nobody cares. Um... Remember, go to Arrowhead Pride on Twitter, at Arrowhead Pride. Uh, if you have a Chiefs question, uh, reply to this tweet, and we will read it on the air at hashtag Arrowhead Pride Radio um, here on 610 Sports Radio. So, last night, I'm getting ready to do the show. Okay. And it kind of dawns on me when I look up Patrick Mahomes' numbers, and then there's the, you know how PFF is on Tuesdays. They send out the highest graded offensive player, the highest graded defending player, the highest graded whatever. 
And then they kind of put up the QB numbers. And the two things that stuck out to me was that Josh Allen was, I think, fifth when it came to passing yards. And Patrick Mahomes was number one. Um, They're like 75 yards apart. And Josh Allen has missed a game. Now Patrick Mahomes will miss a game. Mm -hmm. Is there a more intriguing storyline moving forward in the AFC than Mahomes versus Allen for the MVP? Well, I think they're teams because they'll be going back and forth to an extent when it comes to wins and losses, you would hope right now. I I think that is what you're watching in Kansas City if you're not watching the Chiefs, right? I I think everyone Mm -hmm. has reason to be excited about Sunday night football this week and – why is that? It's because the Buffalo Bills are playing, and the Chiefs need the Buffalo Bills to lose a game now to be tied with them, and then they'll have to lose another one. And the Chiefs are going to have to continue to win to get you in position to, to potentially be the the lead in the AFC conference and, and get the bye week. And so I think it's just an extension of that. And you look at the numbers, and I think Allen is still continuing to get that respect as the lead MVP candidate. Maybe it was a little quieter last week because the Bills didn't play. But Patrick Mahomes is right there. And... I think there is a potential, especially now that both of their bye weeks are going to be over, where we're going to to get to next week. And who knows? If these guys are just dealing as the year goes on, maybe you get those Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire vibes of, like, can okay, Mahomes had three touchdowns today. What's Allen going to have? Now, that might happen a little bit later in the season, but they're on the right path, which would be really fun. You know, as just a general fan in the NFL, to have two guys that are going back and forth for the MVP race and then, just as a Chiefs fan, you just hope the Bills lose two games somewhere as the Kansas City Chiefs continue to roll. Who has your vote right now? For the MVP? Yeah. Don't piss people off. Actually, do whatever you want. Isaiah Pacheco. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> IP? MVP, IP. IP? I mean, now he's the starter. No. Yeah, right. For me, it's Mahomes. I, I just I just trust pa- pa- Patrick Mahomes more okay. to, to continue to be consistent and, and do it and it seems like the Chiefs had a breakthrough last game when it sure. comes to their offense. Now, that was my question to Ron Cobb a little bit earlier on the show. Is is, is that repeatable? Because we have seen duds. So, you know, as long as he doesn't have these duds, we should be around 50 touchdowns, I, I would guess, by, for his stat line by the end of the year. And I'm not sure Josh Allen is capable of that. You know, we have not seen that from him yet. So I'll, I, I'll put my money on, on Patrick. But I do think it's going to be this back and forth, rock him, sock him type of deal. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see Mahomes sit back and watch Allen play this Sunday night against what is it? It's it's, it's a Green Bay. It's not. I mean, they know they're Green secondaries. Bay is, and they're ten point underdogs. Rogers never been a double digit underdog. You know, when you weirder things happen on these night games. I mean, you you may wake up on Monday morning in Buffalo with you, a week off. You might be you might be tied with the Buffalo Bills. You don't know. Oh, I mean, they lose to Green Bay because I mean that that team is just not led by anybody. I mean, with these Kansas City Chiefs lost to. The backup quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, Matt Ryan. Third string. Oh, the third string. Excuse yeah, me. Foles is the backup. How dare you? Well, sorry about that. Come on. Yeah, yeah they said his arm is shot. My mistake. Yeah, well, I don't know if you want to piss Jim Irsay off. Um, so, I don't know. So, uh, we talk about the MVP race because I think this is interesting. I'd like to know what the odds are. I don't know if there is one on DraftKings or FanDuel. of the Because I think the last time that two quarterbacks tied for the MVP was at 2000 with McNair and Manning. The late great Steve McNair. Um, I think that's the last time there's ever been a tie. I don't know if it was 2000 or like 2000. It was right around there because the the Titans were really relevant. McNair had taken him to the Super Bowl, and then Peyton was like becoming his own in the NFL. 
I'd like to know the odds of like a tie between Mahomes and Allen. Well, those would be astronomical, I would guess. The yeah. odds right now for MVP are Allen as the favorite at plus 120. Mm-hmm. Mahomes right behind him at plus 400. Rounding it out, Jalen Hurts 500, Joe Burrow 1,200, and then Lamar Jackson as 1,400. And Lamar's slipped and Burrow's gained. Like, his stock is rising. Who is seventh on the list? Can you guess? Chris That's Jones. Good. No, Geno Smith. Look at that. He hasn't written back yet. Still hasn't picked up the pencil. I wouldn't write back at that. Wrote me, that is the by far the coldest line anyone has ever had in an interview because he just had it in the holster ready to go. Break that pencil now. <sighs> a lot of them wrote me off. I didn't write back yet. Okay, now let's talk about the division. Okay. Because last year, different time when at, at week eight. This year, you're five and two on a bye, which, by the way, they got the perfect week for a bye. Yeah. I think week nine's probably the perfect week because you get the whole, you know, whatever. Um, but... When it comes to this week, you're five and two. I think if you would have shown anyone the schedule preseason and been like five and two at the bye, do you take it? I think everybody's like, yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. I take five and two. It's the toughest schedule in the NFL, right? And then yeah. last year you were three and four going into week eight, mm-hmm. and you essentially locked the division up by I want to say week fourteen. There's a chance you could lock this thing up by week twelve. By the start of week twelve, you play Titans, yeah. Jags, Chargers. I mean, you beat the Chargers again. It's over. These teams look bad, and and the Chiefs, in my opinion, like the way what we've seen so far, and this is kind of a surprise for me because I did not think it was going to be the case. Despite the Raiders' record, I tend to think they're the only team that could do anything this year. Like I really feel that way, and the Chiefs already have a win against them. And I think they're too big of a hole. They're too big of a hole. Yeah. And so, like in a lot of ways, in my opinion, you know, you hate to say this, I'm not trying to jinx anything here, Mm -hmm. but. Division is over. Like that's what I yeah. mean. That's what that's what I mean when I, I say it'll be interesting to see Buffalo and Green Bay because if you're the Chiefs, I think you're looking at what Buffalo d- does. You're taking care of your own business, and then you should have eyes on the back of your head about Cincinnati. It's it, to me, it's a, a three team race right now, more a two team race. But Cincinnati is back. I, I know that we don't want to say that, but they're making waves, and those are the teams you're watching. And like, what a great place that is to be in Kansas City. Remember, like this was. This was a team that you just wanted to see win a playoff game, make make the playoffs, and now you're like, well, the division's over, whatever. Yeah. The, you know, man, imagine saying seven years ago, the division doesn't matter. <laughs> really? yeah. You know, it's just it's a great place to be, and it should be fun the rest of the way as the Chiefs are watching and, and being compared to these two other powerhouses in in Buffalo, who's been good all year, and Cincinnati, who's really turning it on. Yeah, December 4th, 325, that Cincinnati game. Um, Could be huge. Could be. I'll be in Vegas for that, by the way. Can't wait. Loss? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, I will be. I'll be making plenty of gambling bets. Lots of parlays on that one. Um, well, you know, there's Nash Vegas. There's the Vegas of the Midwest. What's the, what are the they, Ozarks. what do they call Reno? Just Reno? Reno. Like, poor Man's Vegas? Poor Man's Vegas. Nash Vegas. I need to get to Nash Vegas. For sure. That, for sure. I feel like my neck would be sore after that weekend. Okay. Um. So... Possibility that the AFC West is Andy Reid, eight consecutive if he wins this year, NFL record. Patrick Mahomes always will have won the AFC West as an NFL player. Rookie year, he obviously sat back Alex Smith, and they, they won the AFC West. Won it every year as a starter. At what point do we bring back the narrative of who's the head coach, who's the quarterback, and start? Because if you – I did this last night, and I, I don't know why we get away from this. Mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett, who from what I've heard in reports I've seen, that if they lose Sunday in London, he's done. Like, they have, there are reports that said if he loses, depending on how the game goes even, he's done. Uh, Brandon Staley is done. Like, they're mm-hmm. bringing Sean Payton to every game, like the Grim Reaper, and having him look over his shoulder. And 
Mike McDaniels or Josh McDaniels. Like, where did we, not even just me, but like everybody go when it turns out to, okay, so yeah, the Raiders got Derek Carr or uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah, the, the Chargers re-signed Mike Williams, who's now out probably for at least four weeks. Yeah, the, the Broncos went and got Russell Wilson, and that could have really changed their offense. But again, Hackett, McDaniels, and Staley, and we just kind of go away from, from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and yet here we are again. Except this week, instead of week 14, we're looking at week 12, as if this could possibly be um, a locked-up AFC West again, and somebody out there will have their eighth straight shirt. Yeah. Like, why do we do this? I did this the other day. This is a fun exercise because you mentioned just the, the, the domination that yeah. the Chiefs have had in the division. I'm going to do this really fast, but I'm going to name all the other head coaches since 2013 in the AFC West. Oh, my. For the Raiders, Dennis Allen, Tony Sperano, Jack Del Rio, John Gruden, Rich Passaccia, Josh McDaniels. <laughs> for the Broncos, John Fox, Gary Kubiak, Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio, Nathaniel Hackett. And for the Chargers, only three, Mike McCoy, mm-hmm. Anthony Lynn, Brandon Staley. So... What is that list? I'm not going to count it because I'm bad at math. But that's about 20 head coaches, right? Right? Isn't that about 15? And the Raiders had three of those guys in one year. So that even just shows you how dominant the division has been. Like these teams, not only couldn't figure it out once to counteract Andy Reid, the Raiders it was six times. Right? Grew it in a little bit of a different story there. The Broncos it was five, and then the Chargers <laughs> it was three. And all the while, Andy Reid is just. Hanging out in Kansas City, like it, it's it's wild, and it's been disappointing, right here and there, especially prior to the Super Bowl where they would have the exit. After the Super Bowl, now it's it's losing with the offensive line thing, and then the Bengals game was kind of a disaster. But look, Chiefs fans have it good, man. This yeah, is, this is a this is the golden age of Chiefs football for sure. Not going to go anywhere anytime soon, that's for sure. Andy Reid, I think, wants three total Super Bowls before he even thinks about putting those Air Force Ones on the shelf. Uh, at Arrowhead Pride on Twitter or 913-586-7610. Get your questions in. Pete will answer them. We'll go over them. We'll figure out how to end this show with those questions and get you set up for the rest of this bye week and then, of course, next week, which is, well, it's, it's Titans week. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. All right, back in Arrowhead Pride Radio, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Liggins, final segment here on 610 Sports Radio. Greg Nicholson with us here after this. Seven to nine is after hours. I think I might need to go get a little after it tonight. What do you mean? Might have to go have a couple suds. A couple brewskis? Are you okay if I go solo tonight? Like, is that okay on a Wednesday school night? Where are you going? Oh, there's a bar. There's karaoke. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I think... I think the solo trip is fine. I don't know if I would go solo to the karaoke bar. That's where you want to go solo? Kind of want to do that. Lost that love and feeling. See if it happens. You know what? Sometimes you just got to throw it up. Yep. Throw up the Hail Mary. But I think sometimes you just have to accept the L. Mm. Um, it's not a good attitude going in. Uh, it's Let's, true. I'll just say that. Uh, so we, we, we sent to the, the Twitter sphere of of asking your questions, you know, what is it that, uh, that you want to hear? What is it that you want to ask this week on Arrowhead pride radio show on 16 sports radio, Pete Sweeney and, uh, myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so last week, I don't know the there was a lot of like defensive questions. There wasn't really a lot of trade questions this week. More and more come in. Uh, we'll start here. Okay. 
Do you think the Chiefs coast through the week during the doing nothing since Frank Clark had his first great game in two and a half years? That from Ray Haynes. Yeah. Kill a bees, dad, is his handle on Twitter. So the way the bye week mm-hmm. operates for the Chiefs is mm-hmm. is Andy Reid gives the players the week off, tells them to stay out of trouble. <laughs> These, of course, are 20-somethings and a 33-year-old Travis Kelsey who likes to, to dabble in some fun. So everyone needs to to just behave. And get get some re, you know relaxation, and then come back ready for the ten games. And the coaching staff works about half the week, and and they evaluate, turn inside, and and see what they can do better. I'm intrigued. I think coming out of the bye, what I'm intrigued about is is a cornerback rotation, especially if McDuffie is healthy. And I'm wondering if Rashad Fenton is going to be healthy. He's missed the last two games with a, a hamstring, and so we've learned a lot about Jalen Watson and how good he is. We know that Snead is good. I'm sure McDuffie re-enters the lineup right away, but what is the rotation beyond that? Like, does Rashad Fenton, when he's healthy, get his gig back? Does he get played over Joshua Williams as that fourth cornerback? I, I think that's a very intriguing thing that I'm sure Steve Spagnuolo is going to be reviewing this week before the coaches get the weekend off, and then it's it's back to business on Monday. So that's kind of how the bye week goes in Kansas City. Nice. So it's like a week where you don't play, and then you come back to work. Um do the Chiefs send a fourth rounder to bring Kareem Hunt back home, even if it's a <laughs> rental? This from New Jericho Man or FF Ball Appraisers is handle on Twitter. I, you know, I, we get the Kareem question every so often about, you know, would there there be a a comeback for him in Kansas City, and I I just think that story's been written, and I'd even go as far as to say is I think the Chiefs feel like they have their running back of the future, and that's why he took the first carry. Yeah. Last game, I think he will get more opportunities at the beginnings of games as as we go along. I think that change is a, a one that, that has been made, and, and the Chiefs won't look back. I know that Jerick McKinnon ended up getting mm-hmm. more snaps, and, and it was a little confusing. They're going to continue to ride the hot hand, but I think Pacheco is their guy, especially beyond this year. I mean, there's no way they hand Clyde edwards uh that option, and so it's going to be the Pacheco show, I think. And and they like him. They liken him to Kareem Hunt a little bit, I, yeah. I think, in that building. And so... You don't need to to bring Hunt back. I, I understand why why folks want him. He was unstoppable that first year, and we know how it ended. But I just don't see it. So we talked about this just to kind of piggyback off on that question from uh, New Jericho man. Um, you've always said that when the Chiefs close a door, it stays closed. Nobody part. nobody comes back. So you you can tell everybody right now that they can put the cream hunt thing to bed. Yeah, I felt this way about Justin Houston as well, and Houston's been productive yeah. after post post his chief's career and he's been available at times we, i know that there was that instagram where he's a free agent wearing the chief's helmet and people yeah. got excited again but yeah I, I think the chiefs move on when they move on they've, they've moved on there's no checking the old girlfriend's instagram this from sean or uh m sean 26 the handle on twitter at arrowhead pride do you think the chiefs need another defensive lineman pretty vague i, I, I don't know i tend to think they they it would do them some good. Mm-hmm. I think today was a message that maybe they don't feel that way with, you know, not being involved in this Quinn deal where you wouldn't have had to pay a lot of money and just surrendered a fourth rounder. You know, I, I think they could use some depth. They're about an injury away from it, it being a, a little weird, especially in these two games that you're going to be without Frank Clark. I can't imagine they're, they're perfectly comfortable. Like, like I said, I, I think maybe a minor move is in store for this team. I don't know what that actually is, but rather than the, 
splash move of like a Quinn or a Burns. Maybe they go and get somebody they feel good about and they've evaluated in that building. And, and you got to trust their evaluations, right? This is a, a unit up there in the upstairs of a one-hour drive that has nailed these drafts these past few years. And so we'll see what they do. Uh, this one, we switch over to the text line, 913-586-7610, the Jay Southland Toe Service text line. Um, haven't had to watch any Tennessee Titans games this year. Are they worth a blank? <laughs> They had a really slow start to their year, and then they ended up, I believe, ripping off a couple games in a row, uh, heading into to what will be this game um, coming up against the, the Chiefs. And and so I, I think they're playing well right now. Um, yeah, I had to pull it up. I'm sorry. So they lost to the Giants and the Bills, mm-hmm. and then they won games against the Raiders, Colts, Commanders, and the Colts again. For some reason, they played them two of the last three weeks. They have the Texans on Sunday, which we imagine they'll win. So they'll be entering that game at Arrowhead, having won five games in a row. The Chiefs, as we know, have that that always that one up against the Titans for winning the AFC title against them. But it's a team that that started slow and is looking like they're going to be a, a playoff team. Derrick Henry is playing really well, but the the Chiefs have managed him in the past, and I I, I can't imagine um, he's going to dominate a game. They won't have Frank Clark, who in that big game really, I, I think, helps to to slow down Henry. And the Chiefs have n- not looked tremendous against the run game these past few weeks, but I think some some rest during this bye week will do them some good. This from the text line, hey, Wolf, but I'll send it to Pete. Um, my buddy Chicago Mike wants to know if you would say that Rodgers had a better start to his career than Patrick Mahomes. No, because I just feel like no one in NFL history has had a better start to their career than Patrick Mahomes. We are naming a new thing that he's done first each each and every year. Mm-hmm. It took four years for the Chiefs to even trust Aaron Rodgers and get out of that Brett Varve situation. So, no, I mean, you're you're witnessing the best start ever. And there's a long, lot, lot of time to go. And I, I think as a Chiefs fan, if you want to see Mahomes be the best player ever, he's got to start winning some championships here because I, I think he has to get in the realm of six. I, I think if, if in the course of Mahomes' career, should he stay healthy? Should he keep up this pace and, and getting better and whatnot? He's probably got to get to about four championships for him to even be compared to Tom Brady because it, it is a team game. Tom mm-hmm. Tom had some great teams, so that you got to weigh that. But he, he himself needs to get to about four, maybe five, for people to be like, well – Mahomes is still better than Brady. Like you see those arguments with LeBron over Michael Jordan, a different yeah. sport, because they're just like, well, he didn't have the teams that Jordan did. You can make that case, but they got to have at least. You got to be close. Got to be within reaching distance. Four or five feels feels like he could be the best ever with four or five. All right. Um, to kind of give you some credit there, in the first seventy games, Patrick Mahomes is tied for first with wins at fifty five, passing touchdowns first one seventy one yards twenty one one fifty first. Completion seventeen twenty six first. He's the best. There you go. Uh, from the eight one six. What are the chances of snagging Nick Chubb? Zero <laughs> percent. Yeah. No. I think um, the Chiefs like Pacheco, and and I think Chubb. They I, mean the I, linebacker. I. Oh yeah. No, yeah. No, not like that. Not in division. No one's trading the Chiefs in division. No, not in division. Um, I was about to say, like, why am I so confused by that? Mm. Uh, I was just about to make a running back point. I, 
give Pacheco some time. I, I think he's the RB of the future. That's just I know it's not the same player that he was talking about, but well, they said he was RB one, and he sure the hell didn't look like it against <laughs> the San Francisco. It looked like All Christian right. McCaffrey, who was going to be in look, a limited role, played no more than Isaiah told, Pacheco. No one told you to take the anytime touchdown. No one told you to take the. I over. I didn't. I did okay. not. I did All not right. take I either one. That, I, can, I can hear that in your. You know, voice. I don't bet on the Chiefs. If oh. you want to know an honest opinion, I don't right. bet on the Chiefs. All right. I tell people not to that are Kansas City Chiefs fans. I don't do it because like. I don't want to get too involved. I just want to like sit back and watch the game, be able to analyze it afterwards. But like, you've been making some meals at the house, by the way. I mean, you've been putting. Where is this coming from? It's social media. I mean, okay. you're talking about relaxing as you watch the Chiefs. I mean, hey man, you get a Blackstone, you get really, really food. What do you got? Philly cheesesteaks uh-huh. out there. What else uh-huh. you got there? Uh, chicken, smash burgers, chicken wings, combination fried rice. Four or five great meals cooked up. Zero invites to your your partner here at our Head Pride Radio okay. to come to come eat them. Before we leave, I want to ask you this. Okay. Texans are willing to trade Brandon Cooks with several teams expressing interest, the Chiefs being one of them. No. Okay. No. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. It's too expensive. And, like, you'd have to stretch a little bit. There's a there's a case to be made that Justin Watson is better than Brandon Cooks with the rapport that he has with Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's how I feel about it. I don't I, – it, 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 it feels lateral, and when there's that much money involved, it, you know, you don't do it. You don't do it. Yeah. He's Pete Sweeney. What do you got coming up this week? You're on a bye week, so I don't know if you're uh, going to be as yeah. lazy as Ron Cobb Jr., yeah, but no, you've got yeah. a bye week this week. What's going on well, with Pete Sweeney? Ron Cobb's taking a nap, I guess. It sounded mm. like. You know, Apparently. He deserves it. He deserves that's it. a really bold statement to say with your boss on the other line. I'm doing nothing. I'm doing nothing. Oh, you are? No, okay. That's expected. We want everyone. Send this guy an email. Well, you got 10-plus 10, 10 games to go here, right? They're yeah. going to make the playoffs. So. Um, yeah, we're, we're doing the bye week awards. I mentioned it before. That'll continue mm-hmm. tomorrow into Friday. And uh, if there's any trade that happens, uh, I'll be – removing my day off and, and heading to the internet. So we'll, we'll keep you posted on that. And yeah, it's a, it's a good time to, to reset. And like you were saying before, it's it, almost a perfect time for a bye week. Yep. Buffalo and green Bay, Buffalo wins or Buffalo loses. Oh, come on. Buffalo loses. Put your, put your cheese head on. Uh, I don't know. No, there's no way I won't do that for you. Sorry. Get saucy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's Pete Sweeney. I'm Dusty Likens. Grant Nicholson with you as well. Pete, thanks again. Every time we do this, uh, we'll do it again next Wednesday. You're going to need more than, than 16 points in this. We're going to be just fine. We don't have any overs on the game. We got, uh, we got Milwaukee, uh, <laughs> minus three and a half. We'll be, we'll be just fine. Uh, that's Pete Sweeney. Arrowhead Pride Radio here on 610 Sports Radio has come to an end. We come back. We'll get you set up with after hours here on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It's